You're listening to Gamer Podcast. I'm Eric from the Gamer.com editorial team, and this week we've got the biggest news stories of the week. After that, we're talking about Rogue Legacy 2, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt, and Nintendo Switch Sports. Let's go! Show's begun, and the gamers are here. Woo. It's George Foster and Izzy Vanderveld. Hell yeah! Okay, top stories of the week. Uh, we'll start at the toppest. That's how we do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> we give the people what they want, and then we work down to the more boring stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, uh, Square Enix is selling its three Western studios to the Embracer Group. For a measly 300 mil. We could have raised that money. <laughs> Why didn't we buy these studios? Uh, we're talking about Eidos Montreal. Um, studio behind the recent Guardians of the Galaxy. As well as uh, the not so re- recent Deus Ex <laughs> series. Um, also Crystal Dynamics. Uh, known for Marvel's Adventures. Yeah, <laughs> for for now, uh, as well as the Tomb Raider, the rebooted. Well, more than that, but the the, the recent Tomb Raiders and uh, currently developing Perfect Dark, uh, Square Montreal, which I, as far as I know is more of a support studio, isn't that right? Yeah, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head that's coming from Square Montreal. Oh, but I've like, never even heard of it. Uh, yeah, it, like it rings a bell, but I'm not sure if it's. Well, what uh, about you? Did you just find anything, Eric? Yeah, uh, Hitman Go, Lara Croft Go, Hitman Sniper. Those are all mobile. Deus Ex Go. Um, yeah. I think See, what's weird? If you had told me that that one studio had been sold 300 million, I'd believe that. But if you told me sure. like all of them together, 300 million it is. The, it's the opposite of the Activision Blizzard thing, where it's just like the weirdest deal. Right. I f- yeah. S- Square Enix Montreal must have been a throw in because Square already sold off Hitman, right? Back to the developers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> what I mean, what is this studio even doing? It, apparently, their their next game is an Untitled Space Invaders mobile game. Yeah. Like, Space like, <laughs> like this. This studio is maybe not so long for this world. We'll we'll see. That, that's um, a shame because Hitman Go, like the Go games, are kind of fun. The Go games are good. Yeah, yeah. they are. They are good. Just sticking um, on some new IPs, I guess. Hitman Sniper is good too. It's fun. Yeah. Okay, so right, three hundred million. Uh, Embracer Group is a just a conglomerate that buys studios i don't think that anything is published under the embracer label as far as i know um but they own publishers including gearbox who they recently acquired for one and a half billion dollars um and when you measure in my mind when you measure gearbox against idos Crystal Dynamics and sure Square Enix Montreal. Does that seem like? No. I mean, what is that? Seven X? Yeah. Like, yeah, absurd. 
um, absurdly low value that sort of tells me that they were that Embracer Group bought, bought these IPs more than Wait, they no, bought these studios. Five, five times as much. Mm. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, three hundred million maybe seems like a good value for the Tomb Raider IP. Mm. Yeah. Right. And Deus Ex, but for three full studios and like. It's ridiculous. Like publishing Square arms. Enix, Square Enix and... just didn't want them, right? Like they were just like, "Fuck this, we're done." They Sean, didn't. So one of our writers, Sean Murray, um, did a report on it, and so it, by the looks of it, it seems like Square Enix just doesn't want to deal with the hassle of big budget Western AAA games because they cost a lot of money to make, like way more than sort of like. The, the hit games that Square releases in Japan uh, cost way more to make, and also they take a long, long time to re- like to see a return on those investments. I I, I think to, to not to disagree with Sean entirely, but I don't know if that's true. Like, how much money was put in stuff like Final Fantasy VII Remake and Kingdom Hearts Three, and how long did that take to you know develop and get returns on it? I, I don't know whether it's a, a thing of money and time, but I just don't think. I think that those two examples are really their headliners, and then Square is doing a bajillion other very small, quick yeah. things like Secrets of Mana remakes. And but ultimately, it sounds like what they really want is to be in the blockchain game, right? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like what they, what they really want is to get that those NFT bucks, which perfectly leads into one of our other big news stories this week, <laughs> like NFT. What NFT users have dropped by like oh, yeah, NFT, NFT sales, sales are down ninety two percent. Everyone's holding. <laughs> yeah, hold on, gang. Um, I saw someone else report after that it's not ninety two. Like sales aren't down ninety two percent. It's like from a specific time point. So apparently they're still doing okay. Like generally, I don't know how true that yeah. is, but like like that that's just probably copium. That's like this embracer sale, at least the news of it, comes just a week after the director of Balan Wonderworld uh basically like put Square on blast in a tweet thread, like following a messy lawsuit, and said directly that Square Enix doesn't care about video games or the people that play them. Yeah. Uh, which is a pretty brutal condemnation from a director of a game published by square mm. um, well you see it like maybe this is just maybe this is just from my point of view but like you see it in like even the merch they released for kingdom hearts that isn't merch for gamers it's like 600 dollar glass tumblers for like people who are obsessed with it and can't help but spend on it they don't care they've never cared i wish they did because i like they, they've got me by the balls man like <laughs> <laughs> i wish they gave a crap but uh yeah but bizarre and it it also seems like an indication that square itself uh is on course for a buyout right yeah yeah jeff grubb was saying the rumors are going around that sony's gonna buy them yeah apparently it's another one of those ones that like it's kind of like oh shit yeah they don't sony doesn't already own square enix the the week where there was like those big sony announcements um the apparently according to Jeff Grubb, the big rumor that everyone was on about was Square Enix being bought by Sony. Um, no, I, I would say that's a matter of time thing. I re- I would 
I, I'm surprised it hasn't happened it's, already. It's very surprising how if that is if that is in the planning stages, they've, in my opinion, massively devalued themselves. But it could be that they've sold for such a low for selling for only three hundred million would indicate to buyers that they haven't devalued themselves, right? Would it? I don't. I don't know the business side of it, but well, if if these studios are only worth three hundred million, then they didn't give them very much up. So right. their okay. so okay. their buying price would not change dramatically. Not more than three hundred million, right? Mm. I but did see they... someone say that the fact that this happened at all to selling to Embracer makes it much less likely that they're selling to PlayStation because they have to wait like however long for these deals to go through. Like right, yeah. So God knows, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's I mean, we're doing the amateur industry analysis thing, but like <laughs> th this is becoming like the main story every other week now. Honestly, it's some big acquisition or or studio transfer, and like I, I have we have to remind ourselves that it's the actual developers that are always going to get caught in the crossfires of all these big deals, like. Mm. We like we like to treat it like team sports and shit, and you know, be like, "Oh, I'm a Square fan, or I'm a PlayStation fan. Like, I want my team to win." <laughs> but like, the reality is, is Embracer Group bought all of these studios, and there's probably going to be redundancies, uh, particularly in like the publishing side and the marketing side, and like, there's a lot of shakeup, and people, as always, there's like uncertainty and not not a lot of job security right now for a lot of these people. Um, even if ultimately this ends up being a better thing for these studios because they don't have to deal with a contemptuous publisher <laughs> that uh, is seemingly constantly disappointed by uh, the performance of their games, some warranted in the case of Avengers, and some yeah. not warranted in the case of uh, Tomb Raider and Guardians of the Galaxy. Even though um, with Avengers, like that, I always felt like wasn't that more Square pushing for it to be live service than the developer? It would seem so. Yeah, but who who really knows? Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I hope that these. I hope that in ten years we're still talking about Crystal Dynamics and Eidos, and I hope that Eidos gets to get back to Deus Ex and M Sims and and stuff and do another Guardians. Like who who knows how the rights for things like that are going to work now? Hmm. Like, does Square Enix hold some kind of Marvel contract or something? Like I I don't know. I don't know. It's it's messy. Um, the 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 shakeup is is definitely bad for the short short term, and I my uh, my thoughts are definitely with the developers that are impacted by this kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, okay, so today, as we are recording, Summer Games Fest and the Game Awards twenty twenty two got dates. Mm -hmm. Summer Games Fest will be. The, I guess the main show because it's never just one day, right? Summer Games Fest it just like goes on and on and on. It's like months, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I'm not sure if um, if the Game Awards actually got a date or if it got just it. got December. Okay, I'll, so I'll yeah, so, summer was June 9th, right? Summer yeah. Games. Yes, Summer Games Fest will be June 9th, and for the first time, they will be screening both Summer Games Fest and the Game Awards in IMAX. So you can see Keeley up on the big screen <laughs> with uh, with a couple hundred of your best gamer buds. Um, it's it's silly. I I don't mind it. I like that people have that option because obviously you would want to be in the theater for the game awards or like 
you'd want to be at these events in person. But, um, you know, the theater experience can still be cool if people want to, you know, get the vibe, get with gamers. I'm sure they're giving away tat. And uh, I, I, I like just go cheer for some trailers. I like the idea of it. Like, it's always nice to give people that option, but I have never once watched a keyly organized show and came away from it like, yeah, that was totally worth staying up till four in the morning for. I always come away <laughs> like, wow, that one trailer was good and the rest of it was shit. So no chance I'd be doing that. I mean, I'll be I'll be watching it live to report it anyway, so there's no it's point even thinking about it. Definitely not. I was just looking June 9th. That's a Thursday. That's not, that's not a terrible day to be up late. I mean, for me, obviously, I don't, I don't work weekends. So you do. I'm sorry. <laughs> These are not shows designed for people in the UK. That's for sure. No, no not at all. Um, so yeah, that's cool. Summer Games Fest. Uh, of course, we do not have E3 this year. Um, we also have the Xbox Bethesda Showcase, which I think is on that Monday, June twelfth. June, 12th. Yeah. June 12th. Oh, it's June 12th. So it's June yes. 12th. Yes. So it's the following Monday. Yeah, um, so we'll have pretty much all of our bases covered. I, we can assume Sony will be part of Summer Games Fest. Um, that is going to be a rough, uh, hmm. a rough like weekend for you, George. <laughs> <laughs> George, you're Actually, traveling, no, you're... right? Yeah, I'll be in Spain, so I, I do not have oh, time. Sorry. Yeah, what, you... on well, vacation or for work? Uh, on vacation, but I will be working that because it's too big to not. Right, like... sure. Got to, got to be there for that. And then we have not heard about our next uh, Nintendo. Uh, what's it called? I Direct. Can't keep it. Nintendo Direct. Yeah, but but it will be sometime around then, uh, because it is every year. So that's the one thing that Nintendo does consistently is has a summer Nintendo Direct. Right? I will say this: like the more we talk about it the more I get excited. Like, I, I hate to be that guy that's like, oh, I love trailers being presented to me, but I do. I fucking love it. I love games. Being sure. Announced. It's the best part of this. He loves I love IP. Well, I look, love IP. Last year, we... Guardians of the Galaxy was revealed at Summer Games Fest and then came out three months later. Yeah. Like, that is a reason to be excited. We have no idea what's going to get shown at this show that we're going to be able to play this year, like, in a matter of months. Something we don't even know exists yet is going to end up being like on our game of the year list, you know? So that's hype. I'm Stop it. I, I love that thing. shit. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, ex- I'm excited for Summer Game Fest the same way I get excited for E3 in that like, I do want to see the new stuff that gets presented and I like right. I like, I like the hype and I like the adverts. The Game Awards, I, I would rather oh, I fucking hate that were actually, because that was the first big event I covered and as a journalist was like when we all stayed up to cover that. That I definitely wish was more I fucking about hate the it. actual awards rather I than agree. basically being a winter game fest. Like it, yeah. it just it was just another time to like advertise a load of games. And like it, you know what, yeah, it's cool and we get to see a load of games and stuff, but like it when you've got adverts for games being shown instead of awards yeah. being seen, I kinda of think like, well we're not this isn't really the game awards then, is it? It's just right. Do you remember awards when they just are announced? happening while adverts are happening. They were just like, oh, there's a Wonder Woman game by Monolith Soft in development. Here's five seconds of that. <laughs> we're just kind of there, yeah, like... Not even, just like an animation. Yeah, that's, that's kind of big news to suck out here. There, okay. It's just like, how do, how, how do I make 350 words out of this? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, lot, there's a lot we're expecting to see still this year. We need some God of War 
Yeah, we need some PlayStation Zelda. <laughs> we we need some uh, Starfield. Yeah. Right, like are these we, are games are that are also gonna get any Starfield stuff? coming that's out got, soon. That's got a release date. Like that's gonna any... happen, right? Right, right. I like so. I liked Ben's article on how the marketing is just making it sound so boring. I actually think I've spoken about it on the podcast, so I won't go into that. Yeah. Again, but yeah. I'm excited. I am excited for Starfield. That's mm. why I'm yeah. playing No Man's Sky to you know, build myself up for another, another space game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's you know, a month away. So we, all, we only got to get through the next uh, four weeks of quiet backlog season, you know? <laughs> Um, but as we'll talk about later in the show, there was a, a lot of good stuff uh, to play this week. Um, okay, we found out this week that Ubisoft Montreal, not to be confused with Square Enix Montreal, is taking over development of the Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time remake. This was in development at Ubisoft Prune and Ubisoft Mumbai, which so, are two yeah. studios I don't know anything about. Because like Ubisoft has a hundred. I'm guessing the Mumbai one is in Mumbai. <laughs> Probably a good yeah. guess. Yeah. Uh, but development's been taken away from them, and we have some what? We have some leaks or some theories. What 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 do we know, Izzy? Well, we've got. Um, oh, I don't actually know how much I'm allowed to say. We've got someone talking to someone from somewhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So maybe we won't talk about more, that. Yeah, I don't know how much more detail I'm allowed to go with that. Uh, All right. I, I, what we, we can say have, we, is we'll that we'll hopefully have more to say about it on the next podcast because yeah. one of our one of our news editors is looking into that. Um, what we can say is that uh, it had a troubled development, <laughs> which is pretty yes. obvious <laughs> yeah. because uh, development has been taken away from those studios. So. Uh, it, they just they did the same thing they've done like the past several times when they've updated us on this game's like development. They just put like a an, an image on Twitter with the logo <laughs> and they go, "This yeah. is a development update. This is fucked. Uh, we're switching studios. It's ready when it's ready." That is all they've what? said. So why even do that though? Like, just I think Stacy maybe said it in the Slack or someone said it. Like, if there's no good news, just don't tell us anything. Like, no, well, like all, in... no one, I think she said, like, no one gave a shit which studio was developing it. All you needed to say was Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake in development. Cool. Lovely. I'm happy with that. Like, great. I get to, you know, play one of these seminal games um, on updated hardware with updated visuals. Right. I think. Don't tell me anything else until you can show me the game. Like, the problem here is that when this was announced, and I, I remember thinking this when it was announced, it it seemed like, okay, this is coming out in six months. This is a, we're announcing it because yeah. it's not far off. And then it's been longer than six months. It's been <laughs> nearly a year and a half, if I yeah. can remember God. right. They have to tell people that, you yeah. know, they have to update us because it's in, it's clearly in like a lot of trouble. I have no idea why. Um, but, but why do they have to update us is my question. Like, if it's in trouble, fine. If someone asks, does a report into it, then tell them. Yeah. But if not, like, just quiet, like, hope people forget. And then when you actually have a trailer or like some in-game footage, then be like, "Hey, remember that game? Here it is. Look, look mm -hmm. how I'm like. Wasn't it worth all that time we spent on it? That seems so much smarter to me than oh yeah, we're taking it off our like smaller studios and we're giving it to the big boss now. Like now it's in mm. actually good hands. Like it just makes me yeah, really it is it is an embarrassing situation. Mm. I, I feel bad for the studios who have worked on it who've basically just had it outed to yeah. the world they weren't doing a good job on this game i know um 
and, like getting spanked in public. And and if these yeah. are fledgling studios, they also losing this game means that these studios have no reason to exist. Yeah. yeah. If that's so, the thing they were doing, or like if so, that was their chance to prove themselves, then right. The story right now is that development is moving to Ubisoft Montreal, but the the next part of the story could be oh, and also both of these studios are getting shut down. Like we don't yeah. know. Yeah. We don't. We definitely don't know that, but that that could be where this is going. Interestingly, as well, um, this just popped into my head while I was thinking about Prince of Persia. I think it was leaked two months ago by maybe tom henderson that they're actually i don't know what studio is working on it but someone is working on a 2d prince of persia at ubisoft so mm. you know mm. at least there'll be something for people hopefully um we will check back in on prince of persia the sands of time in three years <laughs> we'll see i despite owning every single like console prince of persia game like sands of time warriors within two thrones and the weird fourth one I've never completed any of them. I played all of them like for a, really? a good few hours at least. Yeah, just never been able to actually. They're all great. Sit like... down. For... I know, I know. I need to. I was, I was gonna do a do a complete playthrough of the original trilogy. Um, just justice for the two thousand eight one that was great and no one gave it. I really dug the art style of that. I thought it looked oh, yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, game's great. So, uh, Genshin Impact has. Uh, accumulated three billion dollars in the eighteen months sin- since release. Yeah, uh, essentially a billion dollars every six months it makes. They could have uh, bought Embracer Group. For- <laughs> oh no! Fuck! I <laughs> fucked up the joke. No. <laughs> they could have bought Gearbox twice. <laughs> um, not entirely surprising, but it is absurd and also uh, another indication of where the money is to be made in gaming. This is not a surprise. I mean, Candy Crush makes this kind of money or not exactly, but in its, in its peak, it did. This is, this is big, big money for something that has a considerably lower development costs and overhead than your like typical AAA games. So, um, you know, congrats to Genshin, but, my God, you can only make that kind of money when you are wringing it out of your players, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess the, if they're willing to spend it, then... Then fuck them? <laughs> basically, <laughs> yeah, like, basically just fuck them? Like, they know what the game is. It's not like... It's not like there's any pretense to it being a gacha game. Like, Sure. That is the game. Just, I guess obviously, you know, they, they could be... The good. psychological manipulation of the yeah, genre. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, as a whole, anything that sort of... Okay, I've, I've, I've swung myself around, yeah. Anything that's based on, like, addiction <laughs> and gambling mechanics is obviously always going to be, like, ripe for abusing people. So Yeah, we know, we know games that use these models prey on the weaknesses of the whales, right? There are people that are predisposed to be victimized by predatory games, and then Genshin Impact makes $3 billion. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't think it's a good thing. Just don't think it's thing. a good thing. The The more surprising thing was that Genshin's been around for 18 months. It feels like it's been around forever, you know? That's yeah, true. It feels like so much longer. I should say, to be clear, I'm not condemning Genshin Impact players. This is... it. If you enjoy this game, like more power to you. And if you enjoy spending money on this game, more power to you. 
I, what, what I'm condemning are the practices that make you want to spend the money. Mm. That's all. Yeah. I think that came across. I, however, am condemning the Genshin Impact players that <laughs> are the age of the clearly teenage anime girls. Yes. 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 I'm condemning you, dear listener, if that is you. <laughs> weird uh okay a couple more uh mario movie leaks yes uh really uh yep we have oh the brooklyn yeah reasonable suspicion that there will be uh musical numbers Mm -hmm. in the mario movie uh and that mario and luigi will have brooklyn accents the whole the whole like if this leak is true the whole film's out there by the way like all of the plot is known um, yeah, like I can tell you it beginning to end. I won't because I don't want Nintendo to like come kill me or whatever. But oh, because we, oh, I thought you were gonna do it for us. Like, oh, dude, I don't give a shit. If the Mario movie gets <laughs> no, no, but like <laughs> you know, like I, it's it, it reads as weird enough to be real, and like mm-hmm. some of the details that are mentioned are like I don't see why you would make that up. Like one of the things that's minor is that Yoshi and Kamek have some kind of history, and it's like mm. okay, romantic. <laughs> No, no, like some sort of like rivalry thing. If it was okay. romantic, then hell yeah, I'd hey. be telling you, I'd be writing about it. But yeah, I, I don't know. Um, it seems real. It seems like it could have musical numbers. It feels like the sort of thing that Nintendo would kind of want to lean into for the first film yeah. thing. Something kind of In- safe. Interesting. I don't think the Illumination movies have ever been musicals before, right? Like licensed music, isn't. probably, right? Well, sure. Got- yeah. I guess Sing is. Yeah, oh, Sing, right? yeah. Yeah, Sing yeah. is. They've, um, I mean, they've got Charlie Day, and I don't know if you two watch Always Sunny, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Char- Charlie Day is, like, he he's pipes. actually a talented yeah. musician. He can sing, he can play instruments, so hopefully they're using him properly to yeah. help make Do we want to see fun. Luigi sing a little song? Yeah, I want to see I want to see Charlie Day as Luigi <laughs> sing a little song. I, I'm yeah, happy sure. to see that. I don't know since we won't be talking about this extensively, I should mention that the Halo Infinite Season 2 started this week and quickly fell out of Twitch's top 100 <laughs> games, like, within a day. Um, yeah, so I, I, I really don't know exactly what that says, to be honest, um, because I don't think it means that nobody is playing Halo. I, like, mm. I, I think it, it probably still has a good player base especially on xbox but it seems to me like there there's a couple of big problems right there's there's reasons that people aren't like very interested in in halo and i think one of those is that six month season is a huge mistake there's a reason no other game does six month seasons and they just repeated that they just decided that was like a good idea to like i respect i respect like them not going okay we'll crunch we'll crunch and we'll sort this out like that's not good. No one should have to do that. But also, I don't know, man. It's just I think they've just fucked it. I think they've just they've sincerely just put themselves in such a tough position to come back from for a game that was already in a tough position to come back from. Uh, and I I can't see a time where we're going to be looking in Halo Infinite positively, which is a shame because I, yeah. I, I really love it. Like I really love how it plays. It's just I have no desire to go back to it. And it's such a weird thing because Halo is such a legacy game, and yeah. it just make, makes me wonder if it just it's just not possible to adapt Halo to the modern like free to play seasonal structure. If it if, if it's meant to be an occasional box release, yeah. like it used to be, um, 
I don't know. Or maybe they just shanked it. Maybe like Halo Infinite 2 could could succeed, but they're committed to this now. Like the plan was that it's going to be just like a growing platform for Halo. 10 years Halo, yeah. Uh, but nobody cares. Yeah. But nobody really cares. The Halo fans care, but that that's not enough, you know? No. It's a shame as well because it's... Like, we, we were big on this when it came out. Eric, yeah, and I, I've been playing Season 2. They have a new game mode called uh, Last Spartan Standing, which mm. is kind of like their version of a Battle Royale. And it's fucking great. It's awesome. There's two new maps. The new maps are great. Um, yeah, and this game mode is like... It's a 12-man thing. Everybody has five lives. And every time you get a kill or an assist, you get experience. And when you mm. level up, you can swap one of your guns for a better gun. That's kind of cool. And then after a few minutes, the circle starts closing and makes the arena smaller. See, like, this this is part of the problem. I know we said we wouldn't talk about it for too long, but part of the problem is that you made it sound more appealing with 10 seconds of telling me what it is than Xbox's advertising has even been asked to do. They just, yeah. they aren't trying with it. They just go, okay, Lone Wolves, this time have a two hour long community stream. That's when you'll find out if it's good or not. Just... Just fucking do a short trailer. Just I know. Do little things. Who even who even knew it was launching? Yeah. Like I, I didn't find out until two days later. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I I think that the the whole cosmetic situation is also really bad. I I don't know. Maybe it's just a personal thing, but I'm never gonna really care about Halo's cosmetics as long as they're just doing uh, a fucking square piece of metal on your shoulder. Yeah. You know, like the the level 100 reward on the new battle pass is just like this round thing that goes on your forearm and that's it. Like <laughs> at level 99, you get this pauldron that's like looks like dragon bones. That's really cool. And then at level 100, you get the other one to match it. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. The things about Halo Infinite that are bad are still bad. But the things that they've added are good things. So, like, it's going to be... It's the same with Season 1, right? Like, dip in, play it, have your fun, and then we'll just forget about it for five months or five and a half months. Mm. Uh, I feel like such an old man. I just miss the days of, like, you know, you play a multiplayer game, you'd level up in it. That's how you'd unlock things. <laughs> don't 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 start down this road. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? And that is a chief complaint against Halo Infinite because it is a legacy game because that is how Halo itself used to be and a lot of people still want it to be that way. And mm-hmm. so yeah, so which brings me back to this idea of like maybe it just Halo cannot adapt into the modern, you know, free to play uh structure. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, so far literally it can't. It hasn't. It has not proven it's, that it can. It doesn't need to either, though. Like, it, it's Halo. Like, it's one of the most iconic series ever. Mm-hmm. And obviously, with everything on Game Pass being, um, you know, like, day releases, it, like, there's no, there's no need for it to be free. Like, just... Right. Just, like, if anything, having it free means people don't need Game Pass. Any, like, not... People will still buy Game Pass for all the other things on there. But if Halo is, like free on game pass or you pay 60 dollars for it so many more people are going to subscribe to game pass Mm. yeah yeah i I don't know and and we'll have to wait six months to see (laughs) you know yeah so uh okay 
hate hate to end on a bummer, but like once again, like the the new stuff in Halo is really fun. Like there's yeah. good shit to do in the game right now, so check it nice. out. I guess. Uh, and well, well, don't you know whatever you want. We're not your dad. <laughs> I'm not your dad. Uh, let's take a break. We're gonna come back, and we have uh, a bunch of games to talk about. Uh, Jade's gonna be here. George is gonna talk about. Rogue Legacy 2. We're going to talk about Nintendo Switch Sports. Uh, Blood Hunt. George, you went on a trip. I did. I've got a, I've got a couple of early access games to play, so uh, stick around. We have a bunch of games to talk about. We'll be right back. We have returned with George Foster and Jade King. Hello. Hello. And now's the part of the show where we talk about games. Yeah. The gaming show. Um, yeah. Don't believe you. I think the gamers might be mistaken in thinking that it's uh, this is the quiet part of the year. This is backlog season. Nay, nay. You couldn't be more wrong. Whip. Yeah. Beat it, bozo. Uh, there's a lot of good shit happening right now. Uh, we've got, I don't know, like five games to talk about from just the last week. So, uh, Rogue Legacy, Rogue Legacy 2, to be specific. Uh, this was one of the best games that's come out this year already. So, there you go, Rogue Legacy 2, everyone. This was, uh, early access for not that long, maybe a year and a half, maybe? Yeah. Uh, and it has released full 1.0 and you've both played it. Have you both yes. played the first one too? Yes, I played I, so much of the first one. I played a little bit of the first one for like research into playing the second, just so I knew what it improved. But like, yeah. I heard of the first when it came out and heard it was amazing, but I just, I just didn't find time. I think the first one, just for a little context, was pretty early in the roguelike uh, craze, right? Like. I don't. I don't know what was the big popular rogue like before Rogue Legacy. Binding Splunky? of Isaac, maybe Isaac, probably. Yeah, Georgie. Splunky. Was, yeah, I was gonna got... say Splunky. Uh, Splunky. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe those all feel like the same time period to me. Like that Binding of Isaac, Splunky. Like it was like just as the PS4 came out. Like a lot of these small yes. indie games were coming on to consoles and that, that's kind of when the genre got really big i feel mm -hmm. mm. yeah uh and rogue legacy was cool because every death you would play a descendant of that character and they would have slightly different abilities uh and i assume that rogue legacy 2 does the same thing have you not played it yet eric no oh, oh mate it's, it's so, so good, good. <laughs> it's so fun. you would love it you would adore it so it feels like to me that the first game the first rogue legacy has since been outpaced by better roguelikes like hades and dead mm. cells and mm. so what is it like to return you know to that formula have they updated it significantly i'd say the biggest improvement i noticed like it's improvements across the board like pretty much every aspect of the game has been worked on in some way but the biggest one is that now each class has like a different like weapon and it they feel different to play so like in the original it was more just still the same swing right uh -huh. like in the second suddenly you've got like a chef who has a pan that's like a slow wind up that can also reflect projectiles and you have like the shinobi who has like a basically like sephiroth sword and just like slice across half the screen um, i like that 
and it means that not only are you taking into account like all the different traits and stuff, but now you're like, okay, what weapon is best? And that's what kept me going. Like that, that alone makes it like twice the game that the original was. But like that's just like the start, isn't it, Jade? There's so much to it. Yeah, it's very much an iterative sequel over transformative. Like on on the baseline perspective, there's a small intro. You do your first run, and then you're taken into this. I suppose you call it like a like a hub corridor where you've got a base of operations you upgrade, which is essentially your castle. You put coins into unlocking new classes, increasing your overall health, mana, or strength, or how much money you earn from defeating enemies. And after that, you go through a stream of merchants. You can purchase upgrades or armor or cool little perks or or like practice some abilities. And then you just do your run again. But as you said, it's with a new descendant each and every time with new abilities or a new class and like each run feels refreshing as a consequence mm. and then you come back you pick a new class but there's and you do it all again but there's a few things in the sequel where it feels like they've tried to modernize it or make it hang with the big boys like spunky 2 or hades like i'm still only a few hours in but it's it feels like a much stronger game than the first one purely mm. because of that level of variety like i just unlocked a bonus now where it seems i'm able to if i see a trait in a in a descendant that i particularly like you can attach it to a build and make it permanent nice which seems like a way i suppose that would tie into the end game when you're building a class that really matches to you but mm. i think all of these little abilities you get are so creative like yesterday i had someone who was a vegan so the chicken that normally heals you that you find in the levels now just does like 40 damage. So you're almost <laughs> like dodging these health items now, like they're projectiles or <laughs> some people won't be able to see properly. So all enemies on the screen will be a blur or others mm. might see in black and white or jump in slow motion or be scared of certain things or fart when they jump. It's just, it's yeah. a lovely mixture of like useful mechanical abilities and stuff that are just gags, but, but mm, it, yeah. every run feels like it's building towards progress. So if you pick a shitty descendant and you're like, okay, this runs a bust, but I'm still going to get some coins and I'm still going to explore a little bit. Mm. So it doesn't feel like the end of the world. It, it's like Hades in a way where defeat doesn't feel like an end state. It feels like you're building upon yeah. everything. But this game doesn't have much of a story. It's more just like little story diary nice. entries or layering that build on things. But I still yeah. think that's rad. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I remember, um, my I think to go back to the traits thing, uh, one of the ones I had that was really memorable was like a clown one, and I saw that and it was like, oh, apparently I can jump off walls whenever I want, and I was like, oh, yeah. this 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 is gonna this is gonna suck. This is just gonna like ruin my run. But it turned out to be like the best thing you could have. Suddenly there was no platforming challenge at all because you could literally just oh, I love the little there, abilities you, you gain in the level, like yeah. small little charms or you spend resolve. And I haven't quite figured out what that is, but I got one wherever I, whenever I'm hit and I go into like a dodge cancel or recovery, it will spawn a platform beneath me, which is amazing. Oh, the ivy thing. Yeah, it almost yeah. lets you get back into combat or maybe you're fighting in a room where there's, where there's, where there's like dangerous dangerous spikes or whatever below you you can just stay in the fight and keep hitting like stuff like that is so cool like it's simplistic but in a way it's far more simplistic than something like hades and stuff but i almost feel like that's that works. facilitated like as you said with all these new classes that play differently they look different and they provide just enough depth 
and that's about talking about you start in like a restrictive castle zone but this expands into like swamps or palaces which they almost like extend the size of the zone like you're smaller on the screen but all of the platforms and the projectiles and the enemies are bigger so i'm really curious to get further into the game to see how it builds on the first one because i haven't played the first one in like four years uh late addition to the show izzy vanderveld just izzy. Bur- burst into the podcast studio like kramer hello, hello. <laughs> uh we're talking rogue legacy 2 have you dipped in uh i haven't actually uh i've played the first one a few times and mm-hmm. it seems weird well, co- good weird good weird but um yeah weird. uh but no i've not i'm but i'm hearing very 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 good things all around so oh, um, i will have to is it it's... is it on anything or do it do I it's game, it's game Pass. I think it's Sick. Game Pass, right? No, I don't think, I don't no. think it is Game oh, Pass. Oh, it is, it is Xbox, but it's not Game Pass. It is on right. PC as well. Um, I was, oh, is it, is it exclusive to Xbox this. and PC? Yeah, yeah not, no PlayStation yet. Oh, they were, no. They've said they're taking it one step at a time with, in regards to PlayStation. I bet because they did early access on PC. Maybe it was easier to go uh, the yeah. Xbox route mm-hmm, first. Because yeah. I played this when early access first started, when there was like... I finished the first zone and it was like, come back in three months when we've made more of it. And I kind of <laughs> forgot this game existed until it yeah. came out, like out of nowhere, it seems. And I'm like, oh shit, Rogue Legacy 2. And it's, it. I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a sleeper. It slips into number 10 on my game of the year list or something oh, like that. Totally it's so it's sweet. I, it's, I interesting. it's interesting to compare to Splunky 2 because like spelunky is obviously like one of the grandfathers of the roguelikes but then and and spelunky 2 is also great but it's it didn't get nowhere near as much uh attention as like hades oh not even close they they launched in the they launched in the same week or month didn't they that was people are excited for spelunky 2 but it felt like it was exciting within like a niche community who loved the first game right Mm. Uh, and that's maybe this sort of a similar situation here. Rogue Legacy is like a really foundational game for the genre, and like here's the sequel, and it should be this massive thing. But it's maybe it's like really only the people that like the first one because ro- roguelikes have just come so far and become so many different things. It's so, um, they should have launched on PlayStation Plus or something because it's that mm-hmm. kind of game. I feel like it, mm-hmm. if it had that base install, because as you said, like it's almost like Splunky Two where the people who know it's good, they know it's good, and they'll scream right. on the rooftops about it. But Hades had like that that appeal almost into the mainstream, where it was winning mm-hmm. awards, and it was, it was doing new things, and everyone was horny for Hades, and that that helped. Well, like, that's it, it took Hades on, was a horny, horny game. It took on <laughs> it took on a life of its own, thanks to its universe. And I don't mm-hmm. think Rogue Legacy Two or even Splunky Two, in that regard, have despite how fantastic they are maybe they don't have that mainstream appeal it's going to be one of those yeah. things that people pick up on game pass or pick up on playstation plus and it's only like 20 quid like i can see this thing going down to less than a tenner in about a year's time i i prefer to play my roguelikes on switch oh really i'm, I'm weird it's on switch. steam deck right yeah haven't gotten my steam deck yet but I just the man said Switch, George. Said <laughs> Switch. <laughs> I'm a Nintendo wanna... guy. <laughs> I just I I want to play like short session type things, you know. And for this a... is that kind of game, like yeah. 
no way. This <laughs> I I was sat here at my computer because I, I went into this not really knowing anything like about it. I didn't know how much I'd enjoy it, and I ended up sitting at the computer for about twelve hours for the first time. Maybe I've done in that years. for a game. Yeah, in like I a decade. I saw the sun come up. I literally turned right. I was like, oh. Fuck. <laughs> Done. That's a good while. sign, though. It's very Moorish. <laughs> it's because the runs are fast enough and yeah. satisfying enough. But you're like, oh, just right. one more run, one more and run, and then like an hour has gone by, or like as or in George's case, twelve of them. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it is like that. You're constantly pushing towards something, and that's mm. something I find the genre doesn't always get right. Like yeah. sometimes you'll go through a forty minute run and you'll die, and you're like, oh fuck it. I've lost everything. That's why Binding of Isaac never did anything for me. But this, Dead yeah. Cells, always, is very much like that as well. It's got that mm. carrot on a stick. It's just it's like is too. Yeah, it's always calling to me. Same with Hades. Like Hades doesn't, even though it's run based, it almost doesn't feel like it because there's so much yeah. built around that foundation that keeps you engaged and keeps you wanting to do more. I would still say to speak of Hades, like Hades is still probably the best example. I think if I think of the rogue. Rogue Light, not Rogue Like, I would say Hades for sure, but Rogue Legacy 2 is like easily gone second place for me now. What's everybody's since you said that, what's everybody's favorite roguelike or roguelike? Let's not distinguish them for the sake Hades. of my sanity. Spunky. Second to none. I love Hades. Splunky Hades. What's yours, Izzy? I think I would have to say Hades as well. Bunch of normies. Count. <laughs> what's your what's yours, Eric? I have a lot of fondness for Dead Cells. I also oh, have a Dead lot of... Cells is fucking good as well. Yeah. Dead Cells is great, but it just it. Me and all my housemates played it um, back when I was doing my dissertation because it was the perfect game to like have a few runs, take a bit of a break, and then get back to work. But it just you hit a wall with it where like your runs need to be perfect, otherwise you're dead. Like that, you're done. Mm. I found once it got sort of to like boss cell three and four, it was just, it was just such an uphill battle. Whereas mm. Hades has the optional difficulty mechanic with the, um, uh, what do they call it again? The, oh, the Pact of Punishment. So it's like you know, whenever you're, whenever you've upgraded your character a little bit, or you're just feeling a bit more of a challenge, you can opt into that to get the better rewards and to to keep get unlocking all the bonus content. But the actual story and all that isn't locked behind that, so I think it really perfected the the issue that a lot of rogue um, roguelites have, which is that that skill barrier. Yeah, De like Dead Cells did change a lot. Dead Cells has had three major expansions, and the difficulty got adjusted considerably. I haven't um, played the latest after launch. Or the latest uh, I also have a lot of fondness for Into the Breach. I forget. Uh, I don't, yeah, is that I the turn-based really one? Yes, that's the yeah, tactics. So that. yeah. Actually, F is sick. I changed my answer. FTL. FTL is the FTL is very good. Like that, I've got um, the most hours in. The but one I've got the most hours in is Isaac for sure. Splunky, easy. Obsessed, for me, but... obsessed with Isaac. I, I like love watching Spelunky, but I can't. I'm shit at Spelunky. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just years. too hard. Yeah, I, I would. I would love. I would love to show like. Me at my best doing Splunky because I actually used to like once you've oh, got it, you've got it. Game Splunky up. two is not the same. Though. Splunky, <laughs> two. Splunky two took it too far. I was a big fan of that one. No, watching uh, my housemate play Splunky is weirdly relaxing. Like yeah. even my girlfriend, who's not into video games really at all, would just sit on the sofa and watch him play. Um, like it'd be like 
he'd be like a shaman like we'd all crowd around the screen and just <laughs> observe this wizard doing these things but then he'd make it look so easy that as soon as i play i i wouldn't be able to do the jumps like he would or uh yeah i just didn't have the muscle memory he, so it's a game i like to watch but not play i should stream it that'd be fun check out rogue legacy 2 it'll for sure be on a bunch of our end of the year list but uh, yeah people will be talking about this one again at the end of the year for sure um okay george you went abroad i did uh to play a game that now everyone can play yes what an what an idiot <laughs> yeah, it was like a day before it came out. Like, yeah, yeah, it was. It was, it was literally the week it came tell, out. Tell us, tell us about your trip, and then uh, let's talk about the game. And the game is Vampire: The Masquerade: Blood Hunt. Yes. So I went over to Malmo in Sweden, uh, which is where one of the Shark Mob offices is based. They've got one there and one in London. Um, and the team in London. What is Shark Mob known for? Uh, Vampire: The Masquerade. Blood this. Hunt. Cool. <laughs> didn't okay. they make? Yeah. Didn't they make the shark game? No. Did they? This... Am I making that up? Yeah, you're making... yeah. <laughs> I know which one you mean. The um. No. Uh. Shit. The Warhammer Left 4 Dead game. No, that's a that's a different shark, shark thing. Shark. No, that's not them. <laughs> but no, they they they've. I can tell. Uh, I can tell the answer. Um, this is their first thing. Okay. So this is their like break-in thing. Um, they're working on some other projects now, but they would not tell us no matter how many times we asked what they were. Um, okay. I presume they're also multiplayer IP thingies, but we won't find out for a bit. Mm. Um, and we got to meet the developers, have a trip around the studio, uh, try out the game, like play matches together. It was a lot of fun. Um, met some really cool gaming journalists out there as well. Um, no such thing. Drive by. Did they have a bunch of cosplayers and were people like acting like vampires? No, I wish. We were no. acting like vampires because I was like incredibly hungover. So <laughs> I was like sunglasses on, avoiding the sun, eating people. You know how it is. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I need to put more time into it now. It's like actually out. Like I need to put my own time into it. Yeah. Um, it's very different to have like a focused preview event where you've got people walking behind you. Right. Asking questions, talking to you. And then, you know, me just sat on the sofa popping energy drinks and play until 4am or whatever um, when when you guys go to uh, these press events and mm. the like devs are like standing behind you watching you play do you have feel a lot of pressure to not suck yeah 100 percent. yeah i think if they're if you can tell when they're stopping to look behind you yeah. this happened to me a few times like when you're playing games you're like oh the person who designed this is behind me like are they going to judge me if I fuck up, or are they judging me right now? <laughs> yeah. I've never yeah. been to a proper press event, but I've been to um, uh, when I went to like Insomniac Gaming Festival as a as a fan before I was a journalist. I remember going to one game's booth, and like me and my mate were just playing the game, and then a dev comes up behind us and he's like, "You know, you win a T-shirt if you can beat the level in under ten minutes." And we were like, "Oh, oh shit, really?" <laughs> and it had already been like three, so we were like, "Okay, let's go." Um, that, so that, cool. that was that was fun. Did you win but the yeah, t-shirt? Pre- I did win the t-shirt. Yeah, it's oh, a yes. t-shirt. I've still got that somewhere. It's a little bit tight now, but um, yeah. 
the thing is they always want you want to make sure you get through all the content so the second you have any trouble or like start to get stuck on something they'll come tell you what to do that always pisses me off because they're like oh do you need yeah. help i was like fuck off like <laughs> stop playing excuse, armchair gamer I, had, me. I, I went to a preview the event of resident evil 3 like the remake and it didn't occur to me then that capcom was just giving us half the game to play in like two hours Ooh. and they had to stop i was that much of a gamer well, they had to stop me when I got past where they wanted me to go. So like, oh, <laughs> mate, you got through that so quickly. And then I went outside to eat all the free food because I'm a very good journalist. See, luckily, I didn't struggle at all because I'm, I'm a pro at Battle Royales. Um, not really. I was not really good. Uh, Blood Hunt is hard, man. It is. Is it really, good? It is good. Yeah. It, it, well, it's, it's the first Battle Royale that I've played where I felt like, okay, this is doing stuff different. Like, yeah. I don't always agree with all of it. Like, it's not all like, okay, yeah, that makes the most sense. That's a change I'd want to see in Fortnite, but it doesn't feel like PUBG or Fortnite, you know? Like, it feels like its own thing. Um, I'd say the biggest example of that is the verticality that they've got in the game. So, because obviously you're a vampire, you can literally just hold X and you just run up a building. And then instead of, like, weaving through city streets, whatever, you can just get to the top of the building, you can be sniping within seconds. Um, so that's like instantly really cool. Um, some other changes as well. Instead of like a circle, it's like Fortnite, you've got the storm and it's always a circle. With this, it's like different shapes. So it's like a gas and it can just like kind of just like morph a bit as it goes. So it's like instead of, okay, so we're definitely going to be here, it can go, nah, you're not here now. You're going to go to that place instead. Wow. Great little like choke points and stuff like that. The two um, things you've just described are exactly what Hyperscape tried to do. <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> Tried and failed. Tried and failed. <laughs> there, you, there you go. That's that's the difference. Uh, there, there, there's other things, right? There's seven classes to mm. choose from, uh, which it it presents to you when you as soon as you load up the game. It's kind of a lot. Um, and each class has like three abilities. Um, you can get buffs by drinking human blood. So you, you want to, obviously you want to fight on the rooftops. You don't want to be down on the street where you're vulnerable, but down there is where humans are and you can drink their blood and you'll get melee damage bonuses or armor as well. or whatever. Like it could be like getting extra, well, this is another one as well. This was probably the most surprising to me is that you actually, you can revive yourself. So not only is if you die once, you'll respawn like at least once in um, the solo match. But if you get knocked down, you have 15 seconds kind of like crawling away. You can just, you can get back up like with no punishment. Right. It's rare because the people playing this game have already figured out how to do everything because they're already pros at it. But that's a bit different. The fact that it's very, you can be self-sufficient in a way. Like you don't have to be with a partner. Yeah. Um, that's cool. It's, it's so fast paced. Like I, I don't know how much you've played with Eric, but it's so like all of the guns shoot so fast like damage is dealt so fast like encounters don't last long i feel like maybe with fortnite there's a lot of like poking around walls and sometimes building depending on the mode you're in but in this it's like shoot till you're dead and that's it you know more war zone like you just blast them and they're dead. yeah yeah definitely um but it's a lot of fun um it looks fantastic as well like i don't really i wouldn't say i don't care but it doesn't matter to me how it looks if it plays well but this is probably the best looking battle royale i can think of um i wonder how that's going to affect content later down the line like when i talk to sharp mob about it they're like oh no we've like we've planned ahead we've got seasons of content and we know that 
it takes more time to make like highly detailed clothing and stuff like that, but it will be worth it in the end. I hope that works out for them, but I don't know. We'll have to see because life service, right? Right. Uh, the battle pass that it has now, uh, I think, has great cosmetics. If yes, be- yeah. because it's. I mean, it's it's not that hard to do the gothic vampire look, but it's all like vests and canes and top hats and shit. It's like <laughs> uh, it's a fucking urban outfit. Is the you, get, you get like a blade costume at the end. I think I don't know if that's the last one, but it's one of them. Yeah, you can. It, there's like matrixy sort of like techno punk shit. It's like um, underworld movies. Like yeah, it's like Blade it's kind of it, it's got a little flavor from all the different vampire genres. Man, the underworld movies were sick. Yeah, how, I just how you, that's, that's my edition. That's my only like, edition. Do you like hmm. it? Um, do I like it? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure how I feel about battle royales anymore, just as a genre, because. I just think like Apex is like almost a perfect game and like Fortnite is like almost a perfect game and like everything else is just not as good as Apex and Fortnite. Mm. Well this that's that's sort of where I stand as well. Um I'm I'm far behind on Apex. I haven't played that in years. I know it is like the well, it's the Apex, isn't it? We but we. I do play <laughs> quite a lot of Fortnite and I love Fortnite and when I play Blood Hunt it, it doesn't feel like, oh, I could be playing Fortnite instead. That's how I feel about it. It feels unique enough that it's his own thing. Um, I, I just I just hope it finds its legs. Uh, the other day, I think it was uh, XQC or whoever, and Shroud, they did like a stream and it hit like the top of Twitch. It hasn't done that they since. they got paid but, like, like a fucking million. Oh, no, it was... I thought that as well. I was like, oh, definitely shelled out but no they just did it because they wanted to play it oh, i mean okay. that might not be true but you know i hope uh, that got some eyes on it yeah the player count has been really strong um that's good to a, hear it's been i i guess almost two weeks now um but people are playing it um we'll see i mean part of the hyperscape's problem was it wasn't on steam it was only on fucking ubisoft's really launch. that's yeah. like because that game wasn't strong enough like Apex for people no. to justify. And then Apex came to Steam anyway. But yeah, Hyperscape felt like it had a week of hype and then immediately it fell off. Like, yeah. Week of hype, uh, this is Wait. very, very fast, twitchy, sweaty. Like half of the powers are just like dashing around, you know, like teleporting or turning invisible and getting behind somebody and um yeah there's not it's not very forgiving at all like you can run away um and save yourself but it's like you you really need the fundamentals to be Mm. good at this game um but it does have three player uh squads so which i haven't tried yet the beta didn't have it is cross play right i don't know i I think it is um we should give it a go yeah probably everything is cross play now um but yeah it's cool because it's like it's the vampire world and they definitely did that well i think um yeah yeah i need to put some more time into it too but it's free so just wait for bloodlines too yeah any day now uh swan song swan song looks good yeah that that looks neat yeah next month or 
shit. Yeah, like end of May, 18th? Uh, what's next? Sports. Sports? Boo. Uh, Boo. Why is everybody booing? We like sports. We, we like sports, and we don't care, we don't care who, who knows. knows. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nintendo S- Island, that. Switch Sports is uh, the sequel to Wii Sports, I guess. Or is it the threequel because of Wii Sports Resort? I suppose it's like a reboot slash sequel. Yeah. Then why I suppose is it you, How can you reboot a fucking oh. sports game? I don't know. All right. Yeah. George, George is tipping his hand here, but Jade... <laughs> You reviewed or Stacy reviewed? Stacy reviewed it, and I previewed okay. it. You previewed but it's it. cool. Like I don't know, it's complicated. Like it has tennis, which is like it was on the Wii, but it like has tennis, somewhat more intuitive. It's harder. It's, it's harder. It's hand yeah, like, movements. It has bowling. The Wii, which, just do that. Yeah, just it has bowling, which is basically it. the same. It has badminton, which is like tennis, but the court's smaller, and there's like if it's got a faster like more rhythmic pace to it in terms of the rallies. And then volleyball, which is too complicated, even if it's cool. The sword fighting, or how do you say it? Like Shamambra? Shambhala? Shambhala. Shambhala. I don't know. (laughs) Swords. That's cool, because it's more in-depth than you'd expect. Like, you need to take into account, like, the direction of your dodging and your blocking, and there's, like, three sword types. And what is the other sport? Football. Football. Which is basically just Rocket League. Oh. Don't you have to like tie it to like your leg of a thing? That's then? a separate mode. There's a there's, oh. If you have the leg strap, there's like a penalty shootout mode essentially, mm. and it's very. It doesn't really take into account like the movement of your leg. It's very much if you move it in the right at the right time with the right velocity, you're probably going to get it in. And mm. I think this game has been warmly received for the most part in how it recaptures the like the emotion and the like ease of access that we you had with Wii Sports. Like anyone can pick up a Joy-Con and play tennis or bowling or badminton. Less so with football and volleyball or the mm. sword fighting because they're somewhat more involved with what they expect from you. Mm. But I still think I could give it to my mum, like, a Joy-Con and just have her play volleyball if I taught her what to yeah. do. George, I see you smirking. <laughs> I said that wrong. <laughs> but yeah, like, on the base level, it's cool. You could give and... it to George's mom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh God, Ooh, I'm sweating from that. <laughs> completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> but yeah, like, the Mies are back and there's new avatars which are very cute and chibi and anime like people didn't like them when they were first yeah. announced because they're not I the Mies. Th- no but i think the Mies would look weird in this universe even mm. though you could use them because it feels more current or like high tech as it were for a nintendo sports game yeah and on the base level the single player stuff is cool but switch sports kind of betrays the simplicity of its core design because so much of the progression is geared towards online play Mm-hmm. Like I think Stacy wrote about this the other day, and it might be on the site already. Is each I think there's a period of time where you can unlock three courses of unlockables, but you can't unlock these by playing offline. You can only unlock them by playing against other players online to unlock new outfits or cosmetics or cool things to customize your character with, and that's, that's great. Sucks. But also, 
you can complete on- unlock those very quickly. Like I think it gives you twenty four days, and Stacy did them all in seven. And I don't oh. know if she's she's hardcore with her Switch Sports, and she that's all she fucking does <laughs> in her spare time. <laughs> but like that doesn't feel like a huge amount of time. Yeah, and also I feel like the majority of people picking up this game are not going to be the sort of people who are going to grind through a pseudo battle pass to unlock yeah, all the cosmetics. If anything, sure. they're going to be kids or parents or casual players who are going to be like, oh, there's not much here. Like once they've gone through the basics and then right. maybe they'll find out, oh, I need to pay for an online subscription and play online to unlock half of the cosmetic content that's in this game. And I feel that like is bizarre. that is like a really bizarre decision for Nintendo to make. And also like a backwards look at its own philosophy in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And golf is co- golf is coming in a future update. And who knows? They might like that. they might change like how their reward system works or make some of it offline as like new sports are added. Because while it's a shitty way of doing the unlocks, there's also it would be very cool if this becomes a platform later down the line where they could maybe add like some swimming or boxing or, or sports that were in the previous games that they could probably not though right one. probably no, not because it's nintendo they'll charge for them because they're so outdated and weird but i don't know this game is a double-edged sword in so many ways because it, it captures the nostalgic charm of wii sports while also like trying to modernize it in ways that just in a lot of ways don't work i uh i had some friends around i think this was i think the day it came out and i had them like doing badminton and the sword fighting and made them do a bit of like tennis and that watching them play that was like i I was smiling to myself i was like ah look it's like the old days like this is nice but then when i played it myself and saw like all the little stuff with it like all the online stuff and then i tried out um which one was it i don't even know i don't remember the one i tried out that i didn't like but i liked it less after that yeah, it might have been volleyball. I, I barely remember that was in the pack. I just, it's I don't, I, I'm, very, I'm mixed on it. I'm mixed on it. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. It's it kind of hurts to be this mixed because I think it is foundation on on like a foundational level. This is a great game, but it's just mm. marred by a bunch of Nintendo being like ten years out of touch stuff that affects a lot of its online games. I think all of its online games. Basically. There's Nintendo has a strong tradition of <clears throat> releasing first party switch games that are like completely bare bones and then never touching them again yeah <laughs> all the mario all the mario sports ones like it's gonna happen with that football yeah, game for sure. mario like... tennis oh mario the, golf, the golf yeah um uh mario party tennis super, super mario party it's yeah. weird that superstars was a full price game that could have been an expansion pack yeah yeah just like games that come out you're like that you're like these are like fun but how come they don't have anything to do how come they have no features how come they're missing all these core things and then they just move on and they, we, we don't talk about that game anymore <laughs> yeah, the, the only time i would like, jump like i i absolutely always jump down jump on nintendo when they do this sort of thing like i hate it i don't i don't see why people do defend it but splatoon i think they did quite well with i think they've always kept that healthy yes but, splatoon ended after uh basically on the second anniversary splatoon yeah. was was done uh which is okay but now it's been years 
between Splatoon 2 and Splatoon 3. I would much rather that be just a live service game, you know, which yeah, Nintendo's yeah, just know, never going to do. In 10 years' time, they'll it, figure that out. Like, <laughs> oh, mate, live services. Like, what are friend codes? Like, <laughs> oh, my God, friend codes still exist. Fucking... Um, I think it's a crime that this doesn't have uh, the ring compatibility. Yeah, the ring, right. ring con. Yeah, yeah, that's fucked up. We bought, I bought this ring con for one game, and it's bizarre. I, ring fit I sold so well. It mm. sold so well. Everybody has one of these. Like I the. Don't. All right, George. <laughs> no, I you. like my gut. I like my the, gut. The Wii, the Wii balance board had at least ten games that worked with the fucking balance rabbits. Board. It had rabbits a rabbits. Wii. It had like a like an so. SSX game. It had uh, uh, just a bunch of exercise games. Um, yeah, and the Ring Fit has just the Ring Fit Adventure, and that's it. This should have for sure had something to do for the Ring Con. Nintendo, isn't it? Nintendo, yeah. At least it has something to do with the strap from <laughs> Ring Fit Adventure. The leg <laughs> Yeah, strap. they picked the side accessory. <laughs> God, yeah. it's so weird. Fuck yeah, but Nintendo. badminton is cool. Badminton is good. I like, like badminton. The tennis is sick. Bowling, the sword game's good. Oh, I'm just conflicted. Like this that's it. Right. It, su- it sucks to complain about it because I'd love to just be like, yeah, I'm gonna stick on some Wii Sports. Even at the preview tonight. event when they're explaining Switchboards. the online stuff to me, like you, mm-hmm. I could tell the Nintendo rep was like, yeah, this is a shit idea. But I'm being paid <laughs> to like say this is good. So I went. So all the unlockable stuff is online. They went, yeah. You can't go online during the review period, though. I went, oh, yeah. You're just dooming yourself to a seven out of ten, there, my dude. Like, <laughs> great, great to play with your kids. Great for little kids. Giving it to Jade's mom. Yeah, give it, gr- give it to Jade's mom. Give it to, to George's mom. mom. Yeah. Um, but I, we always just wish we could say more than just like little kids will like this. <laughs> so, they won't our, like Zena Break Charge. It's free. Now, they definitely will not like Xenoverse Chron- no. Chronicles 3. Um, there were two other uh, pretty notable releases that none of us had played, so I'll just mention them. Uh, Bug Snacks expansion Big Snacks oh, came yes. out. Return to Bug Snacks. More like Bug Sucks. Oh, do you not like Bug Snacks? Uh, I, I reviewed it. I just, I don't, I, I'm sorry. I reviewed the base game. It. Uh, and I so. thought that it was gonna do more than it did. Yeah, I, I had higher expectations for it. Did you think it was, it was gonna turn into a horror? Game. It does turn into no, a horror, but it's just like it's just a. You know how your imagination is always worse than what it could be. No, they no. should have. They should have just left it there because when yeah. they actually show you what it is, you're just like, yeah, I figured that it was gonna be just something like this. Yeah. Um, I just didn't find it fun to play. I didn't. I didn't get like far along into it. I hundred percented the game and didn't didn't like it. didn't like doing it. <laughs> Some game. Why? <laughs> I, I think the expansion. No, it's a free update. Never mind. Yeah. So I if you I I just shit on it. But if you like bug snacks, big snacks is now available. The other shit one on is the, bugs. the other <laughs> one is uh, Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, which yeah. is a new version of Stanley Parable. It's not an expansion it's a it is a sequel how but, new is it like how, well what? when you start the game there's a door called 
new content and then you go in that door okay yeah okay <laughs> I, I, I just i just thought it was up there i had no idea that they'd is it only on pc still i i believe it is i believe it's only uh, on pc if you own the stanley parable you get 33 percent off of ultra deluxe so I that's do good the stanley parable. yeah but it, it's not an expansion it's not an update it is it's like a hidden sequel like that's it's what a, people have been saying yeah yeah it's a sequel as much as oh, any sequel cool. is it's on switch isn't it i don't know i thought it was only on pc i thought i saw that it was on switch it might be i don't google know. it google it it's yeah. definitely Wait, on I'll, pc i'm gonna google it right now yeah right. We, we know it's on pc George. that's not the question <laughs> Out, out now on Steam, Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X slash well, S then. on April 27th. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, same. I, I already bought it. I will play it. Maybe we'll talk about that in the future, but that is out now. Um, two things quickly um, before we have to go. I played two early access games I want to mention. Hey, Eric. Yep. The first <laughs> one I may have mentioned briefly last week, uh, but... It's called Turbo Overkill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did mention it. Sounds like it. a boomer shooter. It's the yes. chainsaw leg one, right? Uh, this is the one where you have a chainsaw on your leg. Yeah. Uh, this is a cyberpunk. I this as well. Um, uh, it, it definitely pulls from uh, Doom Eternal with the like weapon upgrades mm. and um, that sort of like character progression, that classic... Uh, Doom likes did not have, but it's more. I I would say it's more on the quake side of things. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of jump pads, lots of platforming, um, and it is not complex like the new Doom games. You really okay. don't have a lot of abilities. It's really just like your guns. Guns have two different fire modes, uh, and then you have your chainsaw leg. You can slide into dudes, and the slide is oh, that's cool. The slide is ridiculous. The slide accelerates you infinitely in a straight line. So you, yeah, instead of losing momentum, you gain momentum while you're sliding. Wait, Eric, have you played the full game now then? So it's early access. How long? Uh, So only only a third of the full game exists. I'd say it's like six hours or so. What the even the early access? Oh, that's cool. Right now, yeah, you get to play the first. Has it got controller support yet though? Because when I played the demo, and I don't know, didn't. I don't know. I don't play. I wouldn't play Doom with a controller. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> I would. Uh, yeah. So uh, the the slide is amazing, uh, and you eventually upgrade it to also give you health and armor. That's your like recovery system. So you're just sliding into dudes, slicing them up. You can also do it in the air, like a drop kick. And you just <laughs> chainsaw dudes right in the top of tops of their heads. Um, it's it's ridiculously fun. Uh, I I did write a preview which I'll drop in the description, but it it just it pulls you into that like shooter flow state so quickly and so easily, where you're like your heart and your breath are aligned and your eyes are kind of glazed over, <laughs> and you're just like mowing down fields of freaky dudes. Uh, it's very cyberpunk for i guess is a good shorthand because like everything is cyberpunk now um but it's also like synthwave and it's also like cyber psychedelic it's it's uh it's crossing it's crossing a lot of those uh like 80s futurism genres at the same time 
Um, but also your name is like Johnny Chainsaw or something. Like it's <laughs> it's not deep. Like it's beautiful, but it's like it's still it's not deep ge- yet. It's an early accent. <laughs> it, it's genius <laughs> in its simplicity, right? You're just like hitting jump pads and shooting mutants in their fucking faces, and it's great. I enjoy it thoroughly. Actually, about uh, to buy it as we speak because I found that it does have controller support. So yeah, yeah. I, I the reviews are phenomenal. Everybody is uh, digging it. It was at PAX East. It actually launched early access the first day of PAX East, oh. and it was one of the most popular games. Like there was always a huge line for it. Um, it has a really cool, like low resolution art style, but the lighting is very modern. So it's like it's got this kind of a weird contrast where it looks new and old at the same time. Like yeah. it has like really cool reflections and lighting and stuff on this like low poly world. Um, yeah, I can't say enough nice things about it. It's a it's a hoot. And I bought it. Johnny Turbo is your name. That's a. Oh my god! Did you see the tweet that like some some press release got sent to someone and um. <laughs> in it they call kratos john kratos <laughs> yeah i did see that <laughs> i did see that. it was some mainstream news yeah thing. it reminds yeah. me of like the john halo jokes and stuff like that yeah johnny turbo and his magic shotguns um <laughs> the other one i played uh early access played game video games this week Jeez. oh i um, played a ton i'm Eric's still catching I'm still catching up from PAX, so I still have like a bunch of demos and previews. I played like a bit of Cult of the Lamb. I played a bit of Loop Mancer. Um, I did a, I got a bunch of stuff from, from PAX that I covered. But one that's actually available now in early access is Terraformers. And Terraformers is a, uh, is a turn-based strategy game. I guess turn-based isn't the right word. You take turns like Civ. It's a strategy game where you're colonizing Mars. Uh, and instead of playing against opponents, it's not competitive like Civ. You are playing against your own colonists' well-being. So you have a point system, which is like uh, the favor of your mm-hmm. citizens. And um, their their demands for like quality of life increases turn to turn or at through across several turns and if ever it that value that favor value drops below zero then you've lost your your colony so you're trying to expand and conquer mars and explore mars uh and eventually terraform it uh but you're also trying to maintain the support of the people that are doing the work um which is uh kind of sounds it, it, I haven't played Frostpunk. Oh, um, that game's depressing. <laughs> Deeply. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's fascinating. It's compelling. You uh, every like ten turns, you pick a new leader, and the leaders are just like people that have skills that are useful on co- with regards to colonizing Mars. So it'll be like an expert in farming or like an expert in uh, construction, and Mark. then you get. You Can get you perks. Picking useful leaders. <laughs> yeah, no what shit. A, what a world that would <laughs> yeah. be. 
And so those leaders give you perks. So they'll help or in the early game. It's good to pick a leader that has that's good at like exploring or like something vehicle focused so that you can reach out to more parts of Mars and find resources because it's at, at its core, it's all about resource management. So there's like different mining things you need to do. Uh, you need to produce science. Um, you need to produce money and you can trade with Earth for resources that you need. Um, and you're uh, essentially just like in the early game, exploring Mars, um, finding ways to produce your own resources, and then later spending those resources to terraform the planet, bringing in uh, bacteria and forests and animals and oxygen and, and fixing the temperature and making it like a liv livable, habitable planet. Uh, and all the while, the demands of your colony are like ever increasing. So you also have to build like fucking movie theaters and hospitals and <laughs> better housing. And you're just sort of trying to balance those two things the whole time. Like, uh, am I progressing this terraforming effort and am I keeping everybody happy? Mm. Uh, and it's great. Uh, the first um, the, the first what's it called scenario? Um, you just have to reach a certain development score. So it doesn't matter if you're like terraforming or expanding or whatever it takes to like reach the score. But once you succeed in that first scenario, it opens up like eight more scenarios that are all focused on doing different specific things. So one about one of them is like uh, making the most profit for the business boys back on earth. And one of them is about making it the most, the luscious, most green planet possible, a second Eden or whatever. And uh, every time you succeed or complete a scenario, you get points and those points unlock more variations to the scenarios, higher difficulty settings. And it just goes on and on. And for an early access game, it has, it feels very complete. They have a roadmap available on their store page that shows new things they're going to add. They're going to add like volcanoes that you can reactivate and like new different kinds of animals. And they're going to add a bunch of uh, new features, but as far as like the gameplay and the flow and the scenarios, like it feels like it's all there already. It feels like a full game that they're just going to keep growing. Um, so yeah, I really like that one. It's so much more laid back than something like Civ. It is not a grand strategy game, but if you like those kinds of things, if you like Civ, this is definitely one to check out. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I've just scheduled uh, an indie spotlight piece about a game called The Wandering Village, which okay. isn't quite as grand scale as that, but it's a little city builder, and you play on the back of a giant creature called an Ombu, uh, and it is adorable. Um, and yeah, the, the whole gameplay loop, as well as being your sort of standard city builder, like advanced up the tech tree, keep everyone mm -hmm. fed, housed, again, like growing needs for like food diversity and that housing. Um, you also have to keep the creature healthy because mm. toxic spores have like infected everywhere. And so you're only safe as long as you're on the move. But you need to build like this big horn that can sort of like give commands to the creature and it'll only listen to you if it trusts you. And you can do things like um, drill down into its heart to get blood out of it every heartbeat Ugh. and turn that into wow. Uh, turn that into like black pudding uh, for food. And, yeah. <laughs> and you can drill like into its ass to get shit to use as fertilizer. But again, all these things hurt it and make it trust you less. But they help. They help you in the short term because it's like, oh, I've got food and I've got fertilizer. But then you get to a crossroad and it's like. 
oh, if if this creature goes right, he's going to pass through a load of nomads who we can pick up and use to grow our colony. And if he goes forwards, he's going to pass through a desert, which is going to dry up all our water supplies. And also there's one of the poison spore clouds there. That means we're going to have to like start disinfecting him, disinfecting all our plants. Um, I think I would go left in that scenario. <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd go the good way, but yeah, so it's like... <laughs> It's like, you know, you can have short-term things that, like, get you resources, but later down the line, that might bite you in the arse because this creature's like, oh, the fuck these guys? They're, they're, you know, drilling into me. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through the poison fog. I'm going to kill these things. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, the Wandering Village, there's a demo. It's a pretty comprehensive demo. There doesn't seem to be a time limit or anything on it. Um, played it for quite a few hours over the, the weekend. It's really good fun. Nice. Okay, well, the leaf blowers have kicked on, so I guess that's a good time... <laughs> to wrap up the game section of the podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week with more games. Who's playing anything? I'm I'm going to talk about Dinosaur Fossil Hunter, a job simulator where you're a paleontologist. Ooh. We'll see what that's about. Yeah. If it's uh, not narrated by um, uh, Daddy, what's his name? Jeff Goldblum. Daddy. <laughs> and also We Were Here Forever, which is the fourth We Were Here games co-op first-person puzzle series. Awesome. We'll talk about that next week, too. Does anybody else have anything for uh, next week? Gosh, I'm dry, a, dry season, yeah. I have to see. Uh, I'm always cutting edge, as you lot know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, keeping up to date with the latest releases. So I've just gotten into No Man's Sky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe we'll talk about fucking No Man's Sky next week, Izzy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, everybody. We will see you then.